0: Welcome back to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. This is your host, Garrett Wood, now Kuzmeyers, and I'm so excited to be here. It's wild because the concept of today's episode it came to me when I couldn't sleep one of the nights that I was solo parenting last week. And at first, I thought about sharing this on LinkedIn and I was like, there's just not enough characters. There's not the ability to. I mean, I'd like to think I'm a good writer, but so many more strangers on the internet on linkedin that don't know my intonation don't know my background and i was like gosh there's just too much in here to make this a linkedin post ah i got it it'll be a podcast and due to solo parenting also over the weekend we are coming at you one day late so thank you for bearing with us with our launch schedule i am recording this the day you are hearing it if you're tuning in the day that this pops into your feed if you subscribe so this episode is very much informed by the fact that I am in Enneagram 7. I am all about freedom, loving, and not feeling trapped. And we're gonna talk about Enneagram, but over the weekend, I was also I also did like a little mini deep dive into a rabbit hole of my Lilith in my astrology chart. And I have Lilith and Sag, which I'm a Sag Sun, Sagittarius, that is, uh, which means I also love freedom and I hate being boxed in. And Lilith is sort of like, uh, I think of it as like a cousin to Chiron in our chart where it like shows us a lot about our wounding or our darkness. Chiron's more like wounding and, and Lilith is sort of like our dark side. And so our shadow, right? And for me, the shadow has to do with like always having fear of being trapped, which also we could also argue that my Lilith has informed, has informed my Enneagram. But the reason I wanted to share this, even though those are two pretty specific things, is that so many people spend time, energy, especially fear-based energy, looking for the quote-unquote right strategy. And one of the things That I'd like to think I do well and that I understand deeply and that I have experience and historical examples of it working out for the best um, is being very flexible and fluid with quote-unquote strategy. So today we're going to talk about the no plan plan and the first time someone said it that way to me or at least said it to me recently and it just like hit me and I was like, ah, I love that was this year. I did a cold immersion retreat in Wyoming with Sam Whiting, who is my favorite breathwork teacher of all time. And he called, he, we get to the retreat and you know, there's like an agenda for marketing purposes, like here's what to expect and here's what we're going to do. And you know, we did do a cold exposure hike, a two hour hike and like sports bras and you know, no pants. Um, the first day and the second day we did snowmobile out to the snake river and got in the 30 degree water, but we didn't have this like hardcore structure and we, we flowed each day we woke up like, ah, let's like, let's give it another 30 before we do our morning breath work. And let's leave a little early for the hike today because it's snowing or whatever. And he was calling it the no plan plan. So here we are going into the no plan plan today. And one other like kind of disclaimer before two other, well, one dis, one just kind of like fun little synchronicity and then one other caveat before we dive into the content is that um, one of my I, I, I love calling them team members because I really believe we are a team and we work together, but No one at Cozy Cozy is working full-time except for me. And um, like even my mom, who's basically full-time, still has like a side part-time job and no one is paid. So I caveat that by saying the person I'm referring to has a full-time job and is an employee at another company. But my team member um, also has a podcast and she invited me to be their first guest and she she asked me to reflect on my 20s. And what's so funny is that one of my biggest takeaways that I'm going to share on their podcast is, um, which is called Totally Unsure, by the way, you can look it up, especially if you're in your 20s, and um, it was the fact that I really didn't have a perfect plan, nor did I follow one. I genuinely, it's going to sound so cheesy, but I genuinely followed my bliss. And there's like a famous quote by Richard Branson about following your bliss. And it is so true. Like I just followed what was interesting to me in my 20s. And it took me all over the map. It was not straight and narrow. And in hindsight, it's like, it looks like, you know, I don't know, like I'm getting the image of like, you're going to make the world's best dinner and you have all the perfect ingredients. And like, but you had to venture out and try to get the tomatillos or however you say it, or this random type of pepper. And it's like, I definitely went out and got the random ingredients that are now in hindsight, like the perfect ingredients for the perfect recipe. So that was just kind of a fun aside. And then the other thing just in real time that I'm experiencing is that, I like to think ahead. I like to I, I, I think I like to think that it's one of my best qualities is that I'm very good at seeing, quote unquote, third eye seeing, the future, um, very, very clearly as far as what I wanna manifest, what I wanna create in my life. Like I don't even I can't even I think the first iteration was like being ten and wanting to make varsity cheerleading by age fifteen. Like pretty damn clear very much manifested that. Um, even when it felt like I was not going to, I kind of broke down a breakthrough on that one. That's also part of my pattern, if you know, you know. Um, but as far as seeing the future, I can very clearly see it. And the other thing I like to do is let the strategy unfold in real time. And so the way I'm experiencing this right now is that, or kind of like a, a micro recent example slash real time is that I knew we were gonna need to fundraise based on the fact that we wanna be in, like, just the easiest way to explain it is like, okay, we wanna be in Target. The amount of inventory needed to go into Targets or Whole Foods or something similar is a very high threshold. And there are many steps before that, right? Like, I have my eyes on two smaller groceries that are like borderline mom and pops, you know, just probably how like Whole Foods started that have like eight stores. And yeah, we we could definitely get into one of those first, yada, yada. But knowing the amount of manpower it takes to keep up with content, to get the direct to consumer sales, to prove to retailers we can do this, to have the capital in order to get the inventory and just have the people to help manage it day to day, customer service, all of that. um, There's just so much that I was like, we're going to have to fundraise so that I can bring my team members full time. Like That's a non-negotiable. And we can chalk it up to just this proverbial, like, so we can be in Target. And I knew that if I'm going to do that in January, that I need to start learning about fundraising six months before. I will also say that I did take an alternative capital fundraising course that was uh, based in London uh, last December, and it was just n- not a great class. And I... It was a little bit too alternative, if that makes sense. (laughs) But um, So I was like, okay, I want a little bit more hands-on. I thought that I was going to do an accelerator called SKU. We didn't get in. But the absolute better plan came through when I got introed into the Dream Ventures Accelerator. They have been incredible in giving me what I needed real-time. But anyway, I digress. My point is, I was like, okay, July through December, I'm going to quote-unquote learn about fundraising, start fundraising in January. And then there was one week, it was like the last week of June into the first week of July, 4th of July week, that it was like, you got into this accelerator. I met Robin Crawley, who was one of our podcast guests on Oxytocin, and she was like, don't fundraise in January, it's not a good time. And then I met a safe agreement attorney through another founder that was like, we can turn these over quick, but we got to get you converted to a C-corp starting now. So that started happening. Then I met with another mutual friend who happens to be an angel investor, didn't even know she was an angel investor, who was like, get your safe open and start taking checks now. And I it is October 9th, and I'm so excited to report that we do. We have gotten our first equity investment You know, angel check in. Um, via safe agreement. So it's happening. But my point is, the plan was let's fundraise and I'm gonna, I think... You know we always we don't ever know what's really our highest and best with our, our monkey mind but i was like i think i need to learn about it first and then that set me on a totally different trajectory that allowed me to be flexible in real time but i wasn't like nope i wasn't like this is what's happening i allowed myself to just listen to kind of what was showing up stay attuned to the different people who were showing up and then be like oh wait hold on we're doing this now and really trusting my instincts so All of this to be said that the no plan plan is the fact that like it doesn't mean you don't have intentions, it doesn't mean you don't have goals, it doesn't mean that you don't trust yourself, and it doesn't mean that you don't have some kind of general strategy. It just means that you're able to drop into the present moment day to day to really listen to what your internal guidance is saying as true feedback to what's here and now. Because ultimately, any strategy is just made up of air anyway. And if in my gut, I'm not listening to the fact that someone's like, whoa, 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 wait, hold on. It sounds like I should fundraise now. And I don't listen to that. And my mind overrides that instinct. It's like, no, 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 you're not taking checks till January. And it's coming from the mind. And then I miss out on opportunities. Do you, it, it's, not, it's not for our highest and best good. So you could also kind of chalk this episode into being like, how do we listen to our intuition or our internal instincts to override our mind? And for those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a very long time, you're probably kind of laughing to yourself right now because that's sort of the essence of all of the solo casts I have recorded over the last five years, right? It's about internal guidance over external reality it's about trusting our intuition it's about channeling our intuition it's about how our chakra gifts uh, kind of help us with that so just go through any solo cast in the past to kind of continue on that through line if that is compelling to you but for me the reason I wanted to come on here today is because I got I just sounded like a really bad millennial influencer um anyway (laughs) is that I am continuing to trust the no plan plan with the understanding that if things shift from what I have generally decided to set in place, it is for the highest and best good. Now, if you have launched a book, launched a podcast, launched a product, started a coaching business, started, if you are in any way, shape, or form entrepreneurial, you know that the first time you set a deadline or a timeline, it's probably going to get moved. And that is the easiest way to explain the no plan plan. And the the sort of mantra that can help you is to loosen your grip. (laughs) Loosen your grip. Now, here's the thing. As a Sagittarius, as an Enneagram Seven, it's like we always have a loose grip. We don't want to commit to a lot. We don't want to be trapped because we don't want to feel trapped. We don't want to feel like we are stuck in any certain reality because that's our biggest ultimate fear is feeling trapped, which is why a lot of Enneagrams will spread themselves too thin. I you know, mastered that in my 20s. Uh, We will um, say yes to too many things. We will uh, put our eggs in too many baskets. We fear putting too many eggs in one basket. And so the no plan plan for us is kind of my way of saying, okay, let's think high level strategy and let's also see what shows up, which to me leaves space for manifestation and intuition. Now, for some reason, you happen to be an investor listening to this and you're like, wow, this girl is rogue. She's a Yahoo. Like what? Who is like?" you know, this is in so many cases, the truth for so many people. So, and, and again, I, I feel like this might be maybe not a waste of time, but it's like, we all know this on some level, like you, no one plans for the stock market to crash. Well, maybe some people know, have insight stuff for looking at futures, but we don't plan for someone to invite us to a party where we're going to meet the person who writes us our first angel check. We don't plan for Um, another company to copy us. We don't plan for a big opportunity to fall through the cracks. Like I was talking to a founder the other day who you could could call it an exit. Um, She was actually on this podcast in 2020, but I won't say more than that. And she essentially was able to sell the IP from her product and um, kind of exit that way, but I, I think the exit might have been less than some of the investment she took. I don't, I don't know the exact details, but it was a really good case study for me to look at. Like, okay, this is what can happen too, and it all kind of culminated because of a pilot program that didn't go as planned. Right? We don't know what the future holds. All we know is how to be present here and now. And what's so interesting about that? is when you're in nature, when you are in survival situations, you are called to the present like like never before, right? Like think about, and this is an example I give to, I always use the example of climbing Mount Everest to all of my friends. So like, it will be hilarious if I end up climbing it in this lifetime because I have no, no interest in doing that um, at this point, but never say never, right? And my point is, We all know the different phases. Uh, You could Google it right now of of, of climbing Mount Everest and you have to acclimate and you have to spend time at base camp and you have to have good weather windows and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, yeah, we know the strategy in general, but like we don't know if there's an unpredicted wind. We don't know if someone's stomach's going to get upset. We don't know if someone's going to twist their ankle and we're going to have to pause. Like there's so many things that can happen when you're on a journey that you have, to be lo- you have to have a loose enough grip on your strategy that you're not putting all the eggs in the basket of this is the one way it's gonna happen. Because if you believe that, now you've actually trapped yourself into that. So it sort of also points us back to whatever you believe is true is true. If you believe that the sky is green, the sky is green, good for you. If you believe that the only way to have success is to start selling on Amazon, then you're not going to have success if you're not on Amazon. However, if you can set general and specific metrics that feel aligned with what you believe in and allow yourself to come into the present moment day to day to be like, okay, XYZ is not happening. How do we pivot from here? It's like a series of micro pivots in real time from the present moment that will make the plan you put on paper look hilarious, which is why... I always think like the whole business plan thing is hilarious. Um, And to me, I'd rather just call it like your your vision. Like what is your vision versus your hard and fast plan and your numbers? And I know that, you know, investors want to see that you know how to make the numbers. They want to see that you understand cogs. They want to see that you understand general strategy. And you're not just going to, I don't know, make a bunch of units and just sit at home and, put your website on the internet. Like, yes, there's got to be some general strategy, but the way I'm experiencing all of this real time with Cozy Cozy is that the passion I have for this is fueling the fierce commitment to various iterations of strategy, which also points us back to follow your bliss. I was not googling and reading newsletters and reading books and tuning into all the podcasts I could about commercial real estate when I was a broker because it was not my most heart-centered soul-aligned career. doesn't mean that I wasn't doing my job or I wasn't responding to emails and I wasn't, you know, working hard. It just means that I wasn't intuitively tuned into that because i didn't even know what that meant back then and so maybe this is your first time thinking about where your bliss is what if the bliss you have for being a mom or being a golfer or being a i don't know someone who knits was overlaid on the subject matter of your career how might that inform the way you strategize and so To me, this idea of the no plan plan, it doesn't mean that you aren't strategizing. It just means that you have goals and intentions and you trust yourself enough to listen to your intuition moment to moment. Because what's funny is like someone can, and we all know this again, like what I'm about to say, I'm like, duh, but it's like, we all know that someone could say, I'm going to go hike Mount Everest and it's going to take X amount of days, give or take, and it's going to have." four different phases and I'm going to need XYZ gear and then you're going to go do it and you come home and you're like, oh my gosh, well, we actually had to kind of redo or attempt phase two twice and um, someone got sick and then another guide had to go save someone and we had to call in another. I mean, it's like, it's like, yeah, you still made it to the top. You hiked Mount Everest. You climbed it, whatever the term is and how you thought you were going to didn't happen. And a lot of people get upset sometimes, not a lot, but I'm, I'm assuming everyone's had. I know I have the experience of feeling let down that something didn't go the way, like one of the steps on the journey didn't go the way they thought it would. And that just means that it wasn't your journey. And... A lot of you who have listened to me for many years know that I say this a lot, but it's like when someone says, here are my 10 steps to founding a company, or here are my seven steps to seven figures in my coaching business, or here's my recipe for growing your Instagram account. It's like, that is great. That is your recipe. That is not necessarily going to work for anyone else. It doesn't mean that it's not helpful to listen to other people's stories because we can glean insights from their experience of things maybe we hadn't thought about or expansive stories on things that could happen that we just again did not know could even be on the in the realm of possibility but trying to follow someone else's steps is like trying to wear someone else's clothes and expect that they fit like they're not for us we channel our own intentions like no one else at least very few people may tune into the things I'm tuning into about the perinatal journey for moms And even if someone else is passionate about helping moms, they might not want to help them the same way that I am, which means my mission is my mission and my visions are my visions. And the way that I kind of aim to attack them is going to come from my intuition um, and the intentions we've set. And as we go into action on some of those in the way that we do, we will then pivot through micro pivots along the way different than someone else will. And so my hope is that this far in the episode, whoever you are, wherever you're listening, you can kind of remind yourself that there is no secret sauce that is anyone else's but yours. You have the secret sauce. You know what you want. And the the only reason you have the goal or vision that you do is because it's possible for you. I know that sounds super preachy and super like rah, 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 Tony Robbins. And it's so true. Like, the things Elon Musk thinks about at breakfast are very different than the things you're thinking about and the things that you want to accomplish because the things that you're tuned into that are thoughts in your head are part of your field of possibility that are unique to you. And so the work aside from the belief work, which we talk a lot about on this podcast of like, do you actually believe it's possible? That's like the number one thing to focus on. And then the second thing is, as you go about putting plans into action, loosening that grip and trusting yourself enough to know that it's actually not going to go the way you think it's going to go. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It's just going to unfold in a way that you, your brain can't actually comprehend because it's like trying to compare, I don't know, if our brain is like a typewriter or a 1990s computer compared to like AI of the universe, right? The universe is so much more in- intelligent than we are. And so again, when I thought about posting this no plan plan kind of solo caster thought on LinkedIn, I was like, wow, whatever investors I'm connected to online are going to be like, wow, this, this woman's crazy. I wouldn't invest in her. And at the same time, we all listen to great, amazing stories about the pivot and about Following your bliss, like Richard Branson says, and about um, micro course corrections and thinking outside the box. And there are workshops and people who pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for the workshops on thinking outside the box, right? And those are all just other ways to say that if we're connected to the mission and the purpose and the alignment of, and we have alignments, the thing we're doing, and we trust ourselves we can, quote unquote, manifest day to day on the higher intention, but it's not going to be in accordance of whatever plan your brain put together. And Again, doesn't mean you don't put the plan together because that's, I just like, don't like calling it a plan. I like calling it a, um, a strategy. And I think what's funny is I've done this for 10 years with Crosswords of Fitness. I'll be like, oh, I think I want to launch a book. And then I'll be like, oh, it'll happen this way. And then it, like, comes out a totally different way. Or I'm going to write a newsletter about this and pu- publish it here and then on Tuesday. And then on Tuesday, I'm like, ah, I should kind of warm up my audience with a post about XYZ and then drop it on Thursday. Then Thursday rolls around and I got tied up, so I did it Thursday night. Like, you, you get my point. But when you're managing a team this way, and we have a plan, it is it is my big learning curve right now to be like, hey, it's just all about communication. Like, hey, plans have changed. We're gonna we're gonna tweak this this way, or this thing's gonna come first. And so there definitely has to be a lean and nimble team that are all um, able to communicate well in order to make those micro shifts day to day, moment to moment, and things like that. So harder to do at scale, and I totally get that. Um, And it doesn't mean it's not happening at scale. It just might have a slower um, reaction time, right? Or there may be a series of micro, or there are probably uh, uh, most definitely multiple micro course corrections by each person who has autonomy on that aspect of the company, right? So it's like the marketing department. There's someone in there that's tweaking a message that needed to be tweaked based on something that changed with the product and then over in accounting, they're tweaking something real time. It's just a little bit more um, like, uh, I'm getting the, the word like stratosphere, but like different, uh, there's different microcosms of that happening all at the same time. So again, if you are thinking about launching a product, you are thinking about launching a company, you just recently launched something or you are building something, I think The no plan plan is the mantra for me that reminds me that I am always free. I am always able to course correct. I am always able to change the plan because the plan on paper is never going to be how it happens. So if right now you're experiencing something that didn't go according to plan, that also kind of signifies this level of attachment and conditionality. And potentially single-mindedness of like, remember earlier how I said, if you believe the sky is green, then it's green. Or if you believe that if the only way to have success is to sell on Amazon, that's great. As long as you believe it, that's now true. Um, And whatever you believe is true. So it's like set the plans, set the intention for the higher good and remind yourself that – there's potentially a higher and better way to do it. And it will be unveiled to you if the thing you've tuned into isn't necessarily the best for you. So we have to trust that there's always something working out for it. So the work rather, um, is to really tune into what you want and to believe that what you want is possible. So it's funny is I've had to do so much belief work around fundraising and I'm still doing it real time. Like, right. We're still fundraising in real time. We have one amazing investment that's come in. Oh, we have more to take on to hit our goal. And I'm still like feeling my way into the full, 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 full belief that it's possible because there's so much noise around the market and the economy and our early stage and yada yada but what's so, again, funny, the point of telling you this is that the other day I was literally just opening the refrigerator and I was like, yeah, we're going to be in Target. I was like, there's no, like, I just, it's like, I just like, I know I'm going to have another kid. Like, it's like, yes, I fully, fully believe that. And, and it's just like, it's actually kind of funny that I believe it so much. Not funny. I mean, great, but it's just like the sky is blue to me. I'm like, yeah, like, Undoubtedly. And again, when I say Target, I could also like that belief holds true for it could be Walmart instead of Target, it could be Whole Foods. Like, but the scale is what I'm talking about. And I know that. I know that so strongly. I have no freaking clue how it's going to pan out or if it's going to take seven years or seven months, but that belief is true in me. And I think if, and this is kind of like the last nugget I have to share is that when you first receive the inspired idea or the inspired knowing, your belief for in some cases can be the strongest. So like when I first decided that we were going to fundraise, you can actually go back to like a year ago. I, I did a podcast called Money is Everywhere. And then I did something about like aligned action. Um, and I talked about it. I'm like, I know we're going to raise money. I know we're going to do it. It's going to happen. And I, I, I trusted it so much, which has led us here where we are now in process with it. And so that initial spark, that initial, yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, this is for me. I'm going to go start that company. I'm going to hire that person. I'm going to yada, yada, yada. It's like that is when you have to trust it the most because it's what helps you get started. It's like the flame that lights the fire. There has to be that belief to get started. And sometimes it's in the process when we start to doubt. So you're like, yes, I am climbing Mount Everest. I am flying over there. I am getting all my ducks in a row. I'm hanging out at base camp. It's happening. And then something weird happens with the weather or you start feeling funny and all of a sudden the doubt creeps in. And so this is also your reminder that when the quote unquote plan starts to shift or you start to experience hardship or challenge, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's just unfolding differently than you planned. So that's why we have to have non-attachment and continue to be in strong belief about what we are actually manifesting. Like, do I actually believe this is possible? Do I actually believe that I can do this? And so to connect it back to birth, I think anyone that's had a kid will also look at their birth story and be like, yep, birth plan out the window. I don't know anyone whose birth plan went perfectly according to plan. Like someone could say, yeah, I wanted a calm birth and that was all they asked for. And like, it was calm, but like it, they kind of had this general, maybe like subconsciously they really wanted it to be a water birth. And they're like, well, it was calm, but I didn't get to do it in the tub or whatever. Like, right. It's always different than we imagine. So we have to be willing to surrender to the co-creation with the universe and the what is actually supposed to happen in present time. So I hope that this has been helpful. I know it might seem a little random or a little woo-woo, but um, to me, it's all about staying nimble. It's about loosening your grip. It's about understanding that each each of us has our own defined plan that is going to happen moment to moment, and if we're trying to chart some perfectly uh, planned plan uh we're setting ourselves up for just pattern matching over there. It doesn't mean don't use it past experiences to pattern match, but if you're only trying to pattern match to one plan that you think is highest and best, you've now siloed yourself into one potential reality. And there are always multiple existing realities at once. So I hope you take that with you. I hope that's supportive. Please, as always, send me questions, send me DMs, be like, hey, I wasn't clear on that, or do you have any follow-up? Like, I always put my email in the show notes and I have for five years so that people can reach out to me. Um, And another just quick note on the show notes, you will see that there is a dip discount in the show notes for our nipple and lip balm called Nip Gloss that has an amazing cooling ceramic head applicator. Um, it, it makes it mess free so you don't have to dunk your finger in a jar and then wipe it on your nipple while you're trying to breastfeed. So um, please check that out. Send it to a friend who's pregnant so they have it and they're ready to go when the baby comes. And um, any of your lactation consultants, send them to us. We are looking to partner with them. So thank you so much, guys. I hope you have an awesome week ahead and um, stay cozy. Welcome to the Cozy Cozy Podcast. We're here to create comfort along the entrepreneurial journey and really the life journey. Join us for inspiring dynamic conversations that make the arduous process of venturing out into the unknown feel more doable because we believe in making the impossible possible. We hope you'll join us as we play in the infinite. So pull up a seat, grab a blanket, let's get cozy.